Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, Maximum Octane. This is your host, Kim Hickey. I am excited for my guest today. I have to just say before I, I introduce them that this is probably the longest taking scheduling of a podcast that I have had in my my short time of doing this, I don't know, a year, year and a half. And boy, when, when things are just get in the way and then other things all flow. And so I'm just thrilled to have today, Kim Walker and Brian Walker from Shop Marketing Pros. How are you today? We are well, excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. A few things, of course, as always, we're going to have all of the links that you'll be able to reach out and speak with Brian or Kim at um, all in the comments and all of that. So you'll have access to them when when you need it. And some fun facts about uh, them that you're you're shop, you were shop owners, right? Yes, we were. We were. We owned uh, Peak Automotive in Apex, North Carolina. So very exciting. And then you're also Profit First. You use that with your business. You know that we're big fans of a Profit First. Mike Michalowicz, I, I love to have him on here. When he comes on, he always has the greatest sense of humor. So what what's exciting is that you, you two have like walked the walk and not just talk the talk. And a lot of times people want to come on and they're an expert in this matter or this and I know. And it's like you don't really know and <laughs> because you've not been there and there's, there's, there's a lot of conjecture and a lot of here's a best practice and this is the way it should go. But to me, it's always more authentic and genuine. And I don't know, I, 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 it gets more impact for me when it's somebody that's actually been in those shoes and, and, and knows what. So why don't we talk about your business a little bit and how you started it and all of that. So if I start, I'm going to take up a ton of time. Brian <laughs> is brilliant at, at condensing it and keeping it to the main point. So I'm going to let him take that question. Yep. So we were shop owners. I was a Mercedes technician for about 17 years total between working at the dealership and then uh, owning our shop. And during that time, uh, we had some some pretty great success, but also I was a young business owner and I was not the person that I needed to be to carry us through a seven month long road construction project that we just showed up at our business one day and there were cones and the end of our driveway was torn up. So, wow. Um, yeah, it, it was, it wrecked us, you know, it, it really did. Um, but we, Kim really had taken marketing uh, to uh, to a new level in our business. She was a school counselor previously, and 
when I opened the shop, it wasn't too long after I opened it that I asked her if she would come work in the business with me. And her, uh, she replied to me and basically was like, look, one of us has got to get a paycheck. And, you know, with me being a new shop owner, I didn't always get one. And she said, you know, I'll do it, but I'm getting paid no matter what. Good for so, you. <laughs> so she did. She came, uh, she came and worked in the business with me. And what I'd asked her to do was marketing. And she was like, I don't even know what marketing is. And she really just kind of went out there and figured it out. And the way that we marketed in the beginning, because we were a new shop without a large budget, uh, she was getting out there and doing the BNI groups and the chamber of commerce events. And, you know, as, as we grew and we got more of a budget, you know, this was in the early two thousands. So she, she set up a print shop in our business and, you know, we were, we were doing all of our own mailings and everything. And then, Constant contact, uh, you know, the email marketing program that kind of showed up on the scene and she started doing that. And I built our website and also we had this, this background of, of marketing. And when we found ourselves without a business, we needed to do something to make an income. And she took that and kind of ran with it and started the marketing business while I actually went back to, to work for another shop, turning wrenches and long story short, we, so this was in apex, North Carolina. We ended up moving back to Louisiana. She ended up getting a job as the associate director of a children's museum. And I took the marketing business and ran with it. And, you know, that was 2011, Wow. you know, when we started. So there's so much stuff in there to unpack, and I hate using that word, but if there is a time for to use the word unpack, it's this, because you just mentioned about being a fairly new shop owners and you weren't prepared for the seven months of this happening. And I think in every business and in every industry and in every whatever, when you when you are quote unquote the technician versus the e myth, you know. According to the e-myth definition, right, when you're the, the person that was doing the job, performing the labor and then opened a business, your mindset is to be that technician. Right. And so technicians, whether you're a, a, a baker for cupcakes or you're whatever it is, don't think about typically when you're starting a business of here's all the things that could happen. How do we prepare for this? And most small businesses don't have the cash flow or the savings accumulated because you're just starting out. They're putting every dime they have. Some people are leveraging their homes and vehicles and selling things off to, to start this. You don't have the reserves in there. So that, that had to be just terrifying when, when that started happening. I mean, I just, so holy cow, kudos to you that you came through that the other side and, and, and have something that you're clearly passionate about. So I just love it. And that's where private first, we'll, we'll throw that in there for one second. When you start going, it's so important to start saving right away. And I know a lot of small businesses are like, I don't have $5 to put in a, can a bank account. I don't have a whatever. And trust me, when you go through your expenses and you look at your stuff, you do, you do have it. Kim, I, I interrupted you, I think. Oh, no. I, and look, I, 
I am just like you. I, I get excited and I just want to jump in. It's act. It's oh, something please do it. My listeners are actively, used to it. Actively working on hardcore. But I wanted to just share, you were talking about that emotional kind of um, aspect of what happened with us. So one, Profit First came much later. That's like actually recently in the last year or two. But, you know, we had just come off our best year. Like we were at the peak, um, pun intended, right? The name of our business was Peak Automotive. And um, we were at the peak of our journey, life as business owners. We had just done a phenomenal, had a phenomenal year. We won all kinds of awards and, you know, with the chamber and in the automotive industry, like we were on a high. And to... You had arrived, yeah, yeah. You I mean, are where yeah. everybody thinks about this is we're here now, we're achieving success. This is what we wanted to do. Yeah, it was feeling really we were feeling very proud of where we were, what we had accomplished, and um pull up that day. I still remember it very well. Literally driving up to orange barrels and cones, and we're like, what is happening? What is going on? And come to find out our landlord had gotten notification about the road construction project, but we had not, he had not passed that on to us. So it was highly emotional, it, incredibly terrifying. You know, you just don't know what it's the unknown, right? What's going to happen? What's this going to look like? So it was definitely a very difficult time for us, for sure. You know, and I, I, we talk about this very often when we're talking to shop owners, because, you know, right now, if I were with, with the experience that we have in business now, if we were to pull up and to see that going on at our shop, we would handle things so completely different. And, you know, we, we know now how to navigate local government. We know, you know, the things that like one of the biggest things that we did not do that we should have done during that time was we should have, we should have laid some people off. And I operated the business with my heart instead of my head. And, you know, we, we, I paid my employees. I did not pay my taxes. I got way, way behind, you know, and that, that's like now in our business and especially with profit first. And it's one of the things that gives me so much comfort with profit first is that getting behind on taxes. That's a, that is a non-negotiable. It does not happen. And, and profit first is beautiful because we are building up that tax account all throughout the year and we know that that money is there and that is money that does not get touched for any reason ever except to pay taxes but it's so important that when you open a business that you truly become a business person that you you get away from being the technician and you learn what it is that you have to do in that business to make sure that it survives because it's not just about you. It's, it's you, it's your employees, it's your customers. And, you know, I heard someone uh, talking not, not long ago and they were talking about how much you owe it to your clients to be profitable. And I had never really thought about it, but he was talking about it from the perspective of an auto repair shop. And he gave the example of a shop that is not highly profitable if they ever have a problem with one of the repairs that they do, the car comes back, they need to be able to make the customer whole no matter what. But if you're in a position where you're running such tight profit margins, 
you might have to think like you, you have to think unethically at that point. You're, you're thinking, how can I get around doing the right thing? Because you don't have the money to do the right thing. So, you know, as a, as a business owner, you have to learn the craft of being an expert money manager, an expert people manager, and doing all of the things that you have to do to run a business like an actual business. Well said, well said. I just, you mentioned about profit. I just had Ron Saharian from Profit First on again. He'll probably air a week or two before this episode, but they're, they're new. I don't know if you've seen it. Their mantra is, I'm proud to be profitable because somehow lately in this world, it's all of a sudden, oh, it's profits bad. You're greedy, you're this, you're that, and you shouldn't. And somehow people made profit into a bad word and a something that's horrible. And you cannot, as you just stated, provide the services you need to without a profit. I mean, you have to have a profit. Businesses have to, even nonprofits make a profit that they invest back in to their businesses, right? And, you know, if you want to be a pillar in your community, if you want to provide a safe and and stable work environment and all those things for your internal customers, you have to have a profit. Even if you don't care about having money for yourself, you have to have the means to provide the services and back up your warranty and all that you, you said. I love that quote that you just said. And it's, it is so important, I think, to remind people that if you're taking care of your team, right, because there was a point in our history where we were criticized for going on vacation. We were criticized for, you know, doing this or going here. But our team now, like they... They want us to have an experience, that freedom, because we allow them to have that freedom. And the same thing with your customers, right? Who's going to complain that you are being profitable if you're taking care of them? So take care of your customers, take care of your team. And it reminds me of uh, something I I think I just shared um, on my own Facebook from my memories, but where... You know, we, we've always told our son and anyone, any young person that will listen is that you are a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're spending time with people who are giving you a hard time because you're profitable, you've got the wrong people in your room. <laughs> yes, you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And it's it's just crazy. I don't, I don't even know where that's all coming from right now. But that's a... Another day for sure on on that because I can get on a soapbox in about five seconds with all of that shenanigans. You need money, people. Money Mm -hmm. is not the root of all evil. It's how you handle it. And uh, I know plenty of people with a lot of disposable income that are the nicest, kindest, most generous people you've ever met in your life. And so we got to get rid of this money's greed and, and, and all of that thing. So let's talk about marketing for a moment because something obviously you're very passionate about and passionate about. I, can I share one of my pet peeves with you? And I know my listeners have heard this before, but I hate, and, and I, and hate, I I loathe any word that you can, I cannot even articulate how much it offends me when I look on Facebook and I'm friends with a lot of businesses and shop owners and all, and I see the same post on every single thing. I see the same, I get a mailer in there. It's the same exact 
mailer as somebody else's. It's just the color is different at the top or there's a different logo slapped on it. And I know that I have selective attention because of what I do for a living. And I, but, but you'd have to be blind to not notice that this is all the exact same thing. And when I'm reading and I'm holding up, you know, 10 or five or whatever advertisements, and they all say the same thing. And they're all the most honest. They're all have the most integrity. They all this. I, I, one, I don't know how to differentiate because you're all telling me the same thing. So nothing is sticking out and making me say, Hey, out of this five, I'm going to pick this one because of what they said. And two, when you're all saying the same exact thing, I don't believe any of you. Because it's it's just, I see those words every single place. And I realize that the general consumer is probably not as friends on Facebook and Instagram and all with every shop in the country like I, you know, I am. But when you're in the same neighborhood in the same marketplace, those same ads do pop up, even if they're not friends with 50 shops. So I'm maybe done ranting for a minute, but like... <laughs> Can, can we, can we talk about this? Like what the, why, why, and why as a business owner, do you even want to be like, oh, hey, put me out there with everybody else vanilla? Well, I think that so many, I, I think there are a lot of shop owners, first of all, that don't realize that their stuff looks just like everyone else's. And I don't know what little birdie told you to bring that up in this podcast right here, but it's literally, it's a, it's a, not only is it one of <laughs> our top pet peeves, but it's what we hear very often from shop owners when they come to us. And so I'm going to share my little piece and then Brian, cause I can go, I'm just like you, the two Kims uniting right now, because <laughs> We talk about this all the time is the cookie cutter content. Not only does it look bad, but it's stock photos most of the time. So you're sending a message that when your audience engages with that and they walk in your shop, they're like, this isn't what I saw online. Where's the guy in the blue overalls with the big, huge wrench and the background doesn't look like that. And, you know, there's so much to be said for that, but we work with top tier shops. We do top tier marketing, which just saying that top tier marketing cannot be cookie cutter, vanilla, boring, bland. It has to tell the story of that shop. And so even though their customers might not be, you know, they're not following, like you said, all of these different shops, but you, you deserve to feel proud of your own marketing. So when you're scrolling Facebook as a shop owner and you see your Facebook post is the exact same Facebook post as this shop, maybe even in another part of the country, you still can't leave Facebook, Instagram, whatever, feeling proud of what's being put out there for your own shop. So I'm with you on that rant. I know Brian has more to add to that, but <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's more, it's so much more than just Facebook. That's the one that you, that's the place where you normally see it. That's, that's where you. Yeah. That's the it. easy one. I mean, that's the easy yeah. one to bring up. But, but they're, they're doing the same things for their Google ads and the websites and the direct mail and, and everything else. And anyone who listens to Kim and I talk, they're going to hear three words from us very often. And that's no like trust. And obviously I'm not the person who came up with that saying that people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. But that is one of those truths 
that will always be true in marketing. Marketing changes so fast, but that is something that will never change. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. And if your marketing is the same as 500 other shops that are out there, what in that marketing is going to get people to know, like, and trust you? And then on top of that, what in that marketing is going to get Google to say, oh, this is unique. Let me, let me serve this as a search result for somebody. There's nothing because it's especially the content on the website. It's one of the biggest selling points that we have when we're talking to a client. They're showing us their website. We can go copy a piece of text on that website, paste it into Google, and then all of a sudden it pulls up all of the other websites out there that have that same exact content on it. Well, there's nothing unique about it. So that content will never rank well. And I understand why the companies do it. You know, number one, I hear of competitors and they're like, oh, we have 1,500 clients. It's like, oh, y'all have eight employees and 1,500 clients. I have 80 clients and 23 employees. And that that shows you the uh, the level of touch that we put into, you know, the, the work that we do with our clients. But it's easy for them when they go, they go out and they create 30 social media posts to go out through the, throughout the month. And then they select 1,500 shops that that post goes out to the exact same day, the exact same time, the exact same image, the exact same text. Kim loves doing this in our classes that we teach. She'll get permission from somebody. You know, she'll just ask for a volunteer. Hey, let's check your social media content. She'll copy the text from that post. Go put it into the search bar in Facebook. And then it pulls up every other post out there. And it's like, oh, here's 48 different shops that have the exact same post on the exact same day at the exact same time. It's doing nothing to get people to know, like, and trust you. And it's People feel good because at least they're marketing, but they're spending marketing dollars that are just not doing anything to help them build relationships and and get new clients. So I can only imagine the responses and the jaws dropping (laughs) when you do that in class, because I know for one, as a a previous business owner, I would be furious that I was spending my hard-earned money to see that too. You know, there seems to be. Well, what's more shocking than that, Kim, is the ones who know. So it's shocking for the ones who see it and they didn't know, but there are shops who are like, yeah, I, I know it's the same. Really? Wow. All the, t- all the time. And they don't like it, but they deal with it because it's cheap. Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't work for me. Cheap cheap marketing is worth exactly what you pay for it. For sure. Well, and that's also, you know, it's it come it always comes back to where that shop is in their life, right? So sometimes you have shops who are really brand new and they're just looking to have something out there. For us, we know our clients like who our customer is. These are top tier shops who have coaches who are involved in the industry, who care greatly about their image and what is being put out there for them. So, you know, there's something for everyone, but I think it, when we're talking about marketing, you have to know who your customers are. And if you're trying to reach someone who is looking for a high level quality, you, you have to portray that image. You have to put that out there. And so you know, I, I don't want to put down on shops who are in that world because 
at some point they're going to mature and say, you know what, if I'm going to step it up and break through this ceiling and go to the next level, I'm going to have to do something different, which is my own voice, my own marketing, sharing my own company culture and connecting with my customers. So some, some people just aren't there yet. You know, they, they have to learn that part before they can advance to that level of marketing. Does that make sense? Yes. But, but, but with that being said, always as a consumer, they have the right to ask questions and to ask, how do you address this? And ask, do you have other shops or businesses in the immediate area? And how will my marketing differentiate from those? So even if they don't have the means or the funds yet to do a top tier marketing campaign, they can still ask questions and, and, you know, with intent and stop just letting everything happen to you. And I think that's part of it that was so often we're just like, we let all these things happen to us instead of being the driver of it and facilitating it ourselves. And money doesn't prevent anybody from asking smart questions and, you know, how, and you just mentioned about the ratio of the employees that you have per your client load. Is that a question? Do you think that would be helpful? Because I never thought about that to ask when somebody is meeting with a potential marketing company to ask what's your ratio of what, what are you call your employees? Are they client advocates or account managers or what, what is the. Yeah. So uh, our, the people on our team, they have, they have various different titles, you know, depending on what, what it is that they do. The, uh, all of our, all of our team, will interact with our client, or I should say, I say that most of our team interacts with our clients. Um, but we, they also have a customer success manager who is talking to them that that person's job is, it is only to make sure that we are giving them a return, that we know what is happening within their business. Because if we don't know the client, then we can't do marketing that's going to get people to know, like, and trust them. So we have, we have conversations with them so often. Uh, and like the people who are our, our social media team, they're talking with the client directly on a regular basis, like very often. Our SEO team is talking with the client regularly. Uh, then our customer success manager is meeting with them and going over the report. Uh, with them to show them, uh, you know, the phone calls they're getting, the form fills they're getting, the traffic that they're getting to their website, you know, all the different metrics that we that we look at, and also finding out is there anything coming up in your business that we need to know about that we can be promoting for you or you know whatever. But we we talk to our clients very very often, and you can't do that if you have a really high ratio of clients to team members. Um, so I do, I've never really thought about it until you brought it up, but I do think that that would be a good thing for someone to ask when they're interviewing a marketing company. Yeah, I think I, cause I just shown a light, a, a different light on it for me when looking at it in that perspective of what you just mentioned about meeting with, with your clients. And, and that's something, again, I think, whether we're talking about marketing, whether it's our point of sale, whether it's 
anything that we're doing, our paper towel supply, what, whatever, the, the, your person, your representative, your partner, you want a partner that's going to help you with the business, right? And I don't know why so many business owners don't take advantage of those meetings and saying, like, show me, I want to understand what's happening, what what's going on. And again, it goes back to that mentality of, oh, this is what the marketing company did to me, or this is what the uniform company did to me or whatever. And it's like this victim thing of all these things happening to you and, and you're in the driver's seat. You have to take control and you have to say, show me where my money's going. I don't understand. I see the thing about clicks. I see a thing about this, but to me, my phone isn't right. Show, show me what is the, the stats and the proof and the evidence about my return. So I, somehow, hopefully we can all put our heads together and figure out how to get our entrepreneurs to take control of their dang business and uh, ask questions and, and, and those things. Yeah. So a big piece of our customer success manager is education and connection, right? So they're not only going over the reports, but they're educating our clients on what does this particular KPI mean? What's it, what is it? If we see a trend of it going up, what's that mean? If we see a trend of it going down, what's that mean? What are the action steps? What do we need to do with these numbers? Because lots of marketing companies, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this about us, but just to help the people that are listening to know what you, what your part of your own marketing is, is we can send you a report every month, but if you don't know what that report means, then you're not going to open it. You might open it the very first time. Oh, let me see what's going on. And you like, for me, I'm not a numbers person. So I'm going to see all these graphs and numbers and charts, and I'm going to panic and click out. And the next time that email comes, I'm going to say, I know what's in there. I don't know what that is. I'm not even opening it. So for, for us to meet with them and educate them on what all these numbers means opens up a dialogue and a conversation. So they end up leaving saying, they listened to me. They cared. We have a plan. I trust them. I know what's going on. But there have been times where we realize that they need help in this area or that area. So we're connecting them. Hey, you should go to this conference. You should go to this training. You should reach out to this coach. You should, whatever it might be. So connecting them to the industry and really listening to what their needs are. That's that's a big part of who we are and what we do is making sure that these shops have what they need to, to succeed and, and to get better and fill those bays and care for their customers. So that's, that's a big part. It's not, it's not just a quick meeting of here's the numbers. Here's what we've done for you. Great. See you next time. No, there is, there is a relationship there. We know when babies are being born, when people are buying homes, when shops are having events, like we have that open communication about what is going on in your world. Love it. Love it. I, one of the things that I think happens is people are scared today. Some of the modality of it's Facebook, it's TikTok, it's Reels, it's Instagram, it's whatever. But marketing at its core and and branding, which is another whole other topic, but th- that the rules of engagement doesn't change, right? Like you said, you have to know they have to know, like, and trust you. The consumers vote with their wallet and. Whether we're putting something on Facebook, whether it's the website, whether it's a word of mouth, whether it's whatever, it, the marketing basic principles are the same. The, the why is the same. 
but the modal- modality changes. And I, and many times when I talk to people, they're like, I don't know anything with that, that Google stuff or that whatever. And I'm not doing, you know, this and it's, pulls their focus from what is the end game and and what do we have to do? So I have so many more questions for the both of you. I cannot believe that a half an hour has gone by already. So I would like for if you would be willing to come back because I want to talk to you about some of the other things that you're doing um, with with your business and being entrepreneurs. And also my favorite topic is why everybody needs a coach, regardless of what you're doing. So, well, we'll, I know I'm putting you on the spot on the air here, but will you agree to come back and pick up this conversation at some time in the future? Absolutely. absolutely. Perfect. Wonderful. So, Kim, you want any final words for our viewers and listeners that you want to share them with? Share them with. Share with them. Share with them, (laughs) not share them with. But you can share them with your stuff, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I always have lots to say. So it's really best for me to just say that I really enjoyed um, chatting with you. And I hope, by the way, I wanted to say part of the reason why we have had to reschedule, 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 which we only did it twice, really. I had to reschedule for my injury and my whatever. So, so, yeah. I was going to say, I hope you're doing fine. That was back at the super conference and... um, you you kind of got wrapped up in the whole games thing. So I hope you're, <laughs> hope you're feeling better with your foot and doing well. But thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Yep. So just because it goes uh, so much along with what we were just talking about, I want to encourage uh, shop owners to learn the marketing side of the business. Even when you're paying someone else to do it, it's so incredibly valuable both to them and to the marketers, you know, it, us, uh, you know, when we work with a client who understands marketing, then our job is so much easier. But just the importance of you being able to have those uh, those educated conversations with your marketers, you're going to get better results out of the work that they're doing. So, you know, a lot of shop owners, they they put that off because they're like, I'm not doing that. I hired someone else to do it for me. I don't need to worry about that. But they really, even though they are paying someone else to do their marketing for them, they, they really need to take some responsibility and learn how marketing works. My heart is so full right now. And I'm going to say the same thing about their CPAs and everything else mm-hmm. that we just hand over and be like, I don't know anything about that. They do that. So Thank you again so much for joining me and um, just absolute delight. And I cannot wait to have you back on and everybody else stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. And we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.